Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me is original World Hockey Association, Houston Arrow, Jack Stanfield. The Arrows celebrating their 50th anniversary. Actually, the 72-73 season was the inaugural season. And it's so great to catch up with you, Jack. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, my pleasure. And uh, it, the, the celebration was unbelievable, really way beyond what all of us thought. And I think it brought back some memories for us that, <laughs> you know, when you get into the conversation with the, with the other yeah. players, you, you remember things you forgot about. Some you may, maybe it was good that you forgot about them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time. Um, yeah, you, you come into Houston, you had a lot of the original guys there. How many were you able to get for the whole whole deal? For uh, well, we got about 12, and then from those days, there's, there's a lot of guys that are, are not alive. But think about that. The, the, the season we won, the first season, was 50 years ago. <laughs> so, so if you were a 20-year-old 50 years ago, you're 70. If you were a 30-year-old, you're 80. Um, and Gordy was 43, I think, or 44. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a while. Do, does this look like you? Is that you? That is me. Yeah, yeah. Babe in arms, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, let me ask you, uh, the Arrows, they brought hockey to Houston. What was it like to play hockey in Houston? How were the fans back then? It was unbelievable. It's hard to put your mind around. But the years that that team was here, in, in 72 through 78, we outdrew the Rockets every year, believe it or not. <laughs> I now mean, our team had just gotten here, right? They just arrived. Yeah, yeah. But still, that was that's the NBA, right? Right. And, and this is a big basketball town. But... We were unique in in the, the storyline of the new league and and also the storyline of the house. I mean, if you take the greatest hockey player at that point, the greatest hockey player of all time, he played 25 years in the National Hockey League and then comes out of retirement to play with his kids. For the media, it was a great story. and for And for the players that were involved in it, it was a great story. Speaking of the house, Marty House said that nickel beer nights, there were more <laughs> fights in the stands than on the yeah, ice. Is yeah, that right? right? Yeah. yeah. That, that old, the old Coliseum was a great place. And we were there the first three years. The fact that the Rockets came to town and, and uh, uh, the, the success we had with the Arrows was the catalyst that helped build the summit. And it was a great building when we opened it. It was fun to be there, and it was a, a, a good place to showcase both basketball and hockey. I want to ask you some arrows questions, but just your history. Before you got here, you had bounced around hockey for, I guess, 12 years around professional hockey, and, and you had uh, even well, played in, in one NHL game. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, t I'll tell you, uh, this is a great Great story. I mean, in those days, when I turned pro, there were only six NHL teams. And you would grow up inside, even from when you were 12 years old, inside the Chicago Blackhawks or the Montreal Canadiens or the Rangers or the Boston Bruins. You were in their farm system. 
just like in baseball, where you got triple A, double A, all, all that. In those days, there was a Central Hockey League, there was the American Hockey League, there was the Western Hockey League, there was the Eastern Hockey League. These were all minor leagues, triple A, double A, that type of thing. With, with only six teams, uh, like your left winger, there were only four jobs. <laughs> I had four, one of four jobs. So, you know, you had to work your way up. And uh, I went to Blackhawks training camp in 61. And Tommy Ivan was the GM. And, and, and he says, Jack, we want you to be a Blackhawk. And uh, we're going to give you $500 to sign, $500 signing bonus. And we'll give you 3500 for the season. <laughs> I said, Tommy, I can make more money in the Eastern Hockey League. Well, think about it, he said. Think about it. And then he calls me in a couple of days. He didn't make you sit in his office a little bit, and then he call in a couple of days later and sit in the office, and they say, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm, I think I'm going to go to the Eastern Hockey League. He said, okay, okay. So I go to Philly. I'm 20 years old. I go to Philadelphia. It was Eastern Hockey League. It was the Philadelphia Ramblers. I got 33 goals. I got 34 assists in my first year. Great season. You know, rookie season. Come back to the Blackhawks because you're still in the Blackhawks organization. Next season, Tommy Adams says, Jack, we want you to be a Blackhawk. We'll give you $1,000 to sign. <laughs> and $4,000. I said, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> then, and I went to, then they sent me to St. Louis. My centerman in St. Louis was Phil Esposito. He was just coming into his first, second year of pro. Halfway through the year, he went up to the big club and never came back. But, uh, but yeah, American League, I was in the American League five years. I was in the Western League two years. I played in San Diego and L.A. I played in the Central League in St. Louis and Dallas. And, you know, but, but you, you, you learned a lot. And then I got called up in the playoffs and be a standby in the playoffs for the Blackhawks and did get into, as you said, one game. And that was qualified me. So at least I'm an NHLer in that, in the sense that I got a, I got a game in. How, how long were you in the game? I, I was in the game 14 years. I mean, how long were you in that specific game? Did you get like, oh, no, I a played, lot of minutes or? Yeah, I, I played, I played on Stan Makita's line. Yeah, I played the whole game. It, it was a regular spot. Dennis Hall uh, was a left winger, had an injury, and they had me take his place then. So that was that was exciting. Are we looking at you right here? You you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you I don't know where you got it, but uh, good picture. Yeah, yeah. And and I played with some great players. Um, Willie O'Ree played in San Diego. Was the first black hockey player that played in the National Hockey League. I played with my brother, Fred, who played 16 years in the NHL. And I, I'm the oldest of seven brothers. Five of us played pro hockey. My brother, Jim, won the American Hockey League Championship and the uh, Central Hockey League Championship. My brother, Vic, was at BU with Arizioni and, uh, and and won uh, NCAA. And, uh, and, and my brother, Fred, won two Stanley Cups in Boston. The family did did well. My brother Vic that was that won the NCAA went to Germany and won the 
German national championship over in Europe. It was a good learning curve and it was it was enjoyable for me. And then I would always go back to Toronto and work in the golf business in the in the off season because you, you could work two jobs. You could work summertime in Canada in the golf industry, hockey in the winter in the US. Before I ask you about Gordy and we start getting into the arrows, you mentioned you played with Willie and uh, helped integrate hockey. Was was that a lot different of an experience than we heard about with Jackie Robinson and what was going on in baseball? What what was that experience like to be around that on a regular basis? I don't know why it wasn't there. There wasn't the controversy around. I mean, in Canada, the black population is is less uh, in numbers, um, but we didn't run into issues around them around that i'm thinking maybe it's just because it was so much about canada and race seems to be so much of a subject here in the united states yeah i think that's part of it yeah well how did you find out that gordy howe was coming to the houston arrows it was a big deal because signing mark and marty at a age of 18 and 19 was a against the nhl rules so the WHA made a rule that they could sign an 18-year-old, and that allowed them to sign the two kids early enough. What, what made that happen, Bill Deneen, the coach and general manager here, he, he played with Gordy in Detroit. He's a Detroit guy. He knew Colleen. He knew the house. Another guy behind the scenes that people do not know or don't remember is Bill had Doug Harvey, the Montreal Canadian Hall of Fame hockey player, who was a background scout for him. And Barry Fraser, this is another tidbit around the arrows, Barry Fraser out of Hamilton, Ontario, was our head scout. When, when the arrows folded, Bill sent Barry to Edmonton. If you look at the Edmonton Oilers, you look at their history, Barry Fraser is the guy that built that franchise. That guy came from our organization to help build the Edmonton and win, what, five Stanley Cups or whatever whatever they won. So the, the legacy of uh, what Deneen did in hockey is pretty lengthy and, and pretty important. And it started here. Well, it's, he, you know, he was a player, obviously got a lot of, friends and, and, and uh, cohorts and players that he played with that helped us with the franchise here. But, the, but th there was another guy. This is a, this is a part of the story too. Jim Smith was the GM that hired Deneen. He was a young attorney out of Dayton, Ohio. The team was first owned by Paul Deneau out of Dayton. They were going to keep the team in Dayton, but they couldn't build it. They couldn't find the effort to build a building. So they had no place to play. So he started looking around, and that's when they, they, they found Houston as an option. From what he I said, understand, the Arrows nickname was based on the Wright brothers, and it just worked out perfectly that they were coming to Houston and the aerospace industry and, and that sort of thing. It worked out to where the Arrows nickname was perfect for Houston, too. It was great. It was great, but but the, the the story about Jim Smith 
who was a young uh, attorney and a bright young man, and I consider him to be my mentor for all the things that happened to me in sports. Jim, when he left after the third season, he went to California and he went into the racing industry. He ran Los Amitos racetrack in, in Southern California. He's the guy that got off track wagering approved by the California government or by the state legislature. He's the guy that pushed that through. So his legacy is beyond the WHA. It's in, in, in the horse racing industry as well. Mark and Marty said that Gordy would not respond to them when they were all teammates if he called him dad. Is that right? <laughs> they they called him Gordy? They called him Gordy? Yeah, well, not all the time because I sat between Mark and Marty in the corner of the dressing room and Gordy was across from us. I heard "Hey, Dad" a few times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe not on the ice or anything. You wouldn't he wouldn't say it, but uh, but in the dressing room, you heard it. Gordy said in his autobiography that his years in Houston were some of the most fun he had playing hockey. Let me ask you, what was it like for you to play with Gordy Howe? Deneen had the ability to pull together quality veterans. So there were a lot of veterans here. Larry Lund, Teddy Taylor. I mean, a whole list goes on and on. So that environment had been around Gordy. <laughs> he had played against Gordy, grew up with Gordy. So it was family-oriented, you know, and, and that made, the, made it good for the kids, too. Gordy wasn't treated, like, in awe in, in, in some ways. I mean, he was treated just the same. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. We trained in Minnesota. So, you know, Gordy hadn't played for a couple of years. And the ice up there, I don't know whether you've ever been to Minnesota, but the ice up there is, the air is clear. <laughs> the ice is, like, sheen of ice it was easy easy to skate on so the first two weeks of training camp was not too hard not too hard on gordy not too hard on the rest of us we were we thought we were in good shape when we came in september down to houston and stepped on the ice in the coliseum it was like stepping into a sauna i mean it was steamy the ice was hard to skate on. It was, and I thought, honestly, Gordy was going to die. I mean, I thought we were going to die. <laughs> the players, all of the players, it was, it was a tough transition. And one of the first practices, and, and I reminded Mark of this when, when, when we got together, Gordy had this little trick where he'd leave the end of his stick sticking out and he'd catch you and pull you around. And, and throw you off balance. Well, he did that to me in, in a scrimmage practice one day. I turned around and cross-checked him, and he went head, he went into the boards and was out cold. <laughs> he was totally out. They had to take him to the hospital. I mean, he was out. I said to myself, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not going to be here, but. <laughs> but anyway, he laughed about it. And we laughed about it for for the rest of that year. But uh, you know, it was it was a little scary. He did have a bit of a concussion. So yeah, you got to remind people he's what in his mid forties. Like, what? Well, I had to be amazing to see this guy it, who was still great at at that time. You know, in his it, it wasn't. It, it, you know what? 
He played six years in the WHA. Then he came back and played two more years in the NHL. Eight years he played from the age of 43, I guess, to, you know, to 51 or two. I think the first NHL All-Star game, he was voted the most valuable player. <laughs> he had an unusual body. His body was built for the game. His arms, his Al Kaline, you know, as a baseball player, just had that, uh, you know, arms just hung down and, and he was so strong. He and Bobby Hull were two real specimens, physical specimens, and, and amazing hockey players. Because he had not just physical skill, but he had he had a sense of the game too. You know, he, he was he was good. He had good hands. He could shoot, he could pass, he could there wasn't any skill that he didn't have and, and he was mean. There was a game there was a game in Minnesota where John Shella got kicked out of the game. I'm I'm this is later when I was doing the broadcasting with True Piano. We're watching the game and Shella gets one of our players, a defenseman, gets kicked out of the game for cutting Shaky Walton across the head. And Shella's going to the ref. I didn't even touch him, you know. We went back on the replay. When Shaky Walton was going by Shella, Gordy reached over with one hand on his with a stick and slashed, <laughs> just whacked the top of Shaky Walton and cut him. I mess I cut him. I mean, he cut him for, you know, maybe 25 stitches in the, in the forehead and never said a word. Just kind of, you know, that <laughs> was Gordy. He just, he, he was mean, sneaky, um, and but but uh, he loved to play. He was, he's kind of like, you know, George Foreman. <laughs> you know, like he, he didn't, he wanted to be on the ice, like uh, like Foreman. He didn't want to sit down, right? In between, in between rounds. Right. Gordy was kind of like that. He wanted to be on the ice. So, so even Bill wouldn't sit him. He couldn't sit him. Gordy wouldn't have it. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the voice of the Arrows at that time, Jerry Truppiano. We had him on the show when Gordy passed away, talking a little bit about Gordy with the Arrows. And he said some great stories about Gordy interacting with the fans. What do you remember about Gordy and the way he interacted with his fans, and, and especially he, here in Houston? Gordy had a little bit of a mean streak in him and like yeah he would go up to little kids <laughs> yeah little small kids and he'd lock his hands on either side of their head like this and just pick them up and he'd be talking to them and the kids would be tears would be coming down their eyes and he thought that was as funny as you could get but <laughs> poor kids and 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 so we were talking to mark and marty and they had, like at the party and 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 marty says yeah, he says he did that with all kinds of kids. He says he, he loved to do that, but he says it would scare the heck out of the kids. And, but G Gordy had uh, had that little uh, kid's grin, you know, where you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, and uh, but but you're having fun doing it. Yeah, Trippiano was telling me that people would be lined up, and he would sign autographs until the last person. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I think... Uh, all of us in that era respected the game. I mean, we 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 loved the game. It, it's it is a great game. It's it's a shame 
we just were, uh, Kenneth Snitzer, who owned the team, was, was anxious to get Houston into the National Hockey League. And we, we made some moves to try to bring uh, the Colorado team down here. Last minute, it, it broke down and uh, we, we didn't get it. Or, or if we had a state in the in WHA, we probably would have a franchise right now if we had a state one more year because that's they all merged. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that um, a little bit later. Uh, hold on to some of the thoughts on that because before I get there, Mark Howe, you know, we had always talk about Gordy, but Mark, he, he goes 16 years in the NHL after all of this, goes into the Hall of Fame. What do you remember about playing with the kid, the 18 and 19-year-old? He had as good passing skills as anybody I have ever played with or, or seen in the game. He had that ability. He would look, and he and didn't matter where the guy was, he could put the puck nicely, good pace, right on the guy's stick. Across the ice, short pass, little flip, didn't matter. He had the hand skills. And that's part of the reason why uh, Deneen moved him back on defense. He knew he could move the puck anywhere and start plays. And, and or set somebody up uh, with a play. If if somebody passes to you in the right position, in other words, okay, not a little behind you, not a little too far in front of you, on stride, right on your stick. Wow, what a difference! Mark had that. The irony is, he he talked about uh, you know his years in the NHL and, and the fact he got in the Hall of Fame, but he also He's on the Stanley Cup four times, but not as a player. <laughs> He's on there because he, he now works for the Red Wings, and they won the Stanley Cups when he was in um, scouting with them. Yeah, so. just the, the, the legacy is unbelievable. Another name, John Tonelli, who goes to four Stanley Cups with the Islanders. What do you remember about him and how good he was? I mean, he was – Tano at 18 was as, as intense – a player. In fact, Tonto was so intense, he would get migraines. But coming here, he learned how to work in a team environment. Again, an 18-year-old, you know, learning from Gordy Howe and the environment of Teddy Taylor and, and the guys that were in this organization. And then he went to the Islanders and they won four Stanley Cups. To this day, he's in their Hall of Fame with the Islanders, and, and when they talk about the Stanley Cups, he's one of the players that, that they credit for that, you know. I, I think he, he was he was and is, and he wanted to be here. The day before he was flying down to join us, uh, his son got sick, and they had to put him in the hospital. So he, could, he couldn't make it, so too bad. But um, I think he's okay now. What was Houston like? back in that time, because it's changed drastically, of course, over the years. Downtown was pretty active. There was a lot going on downtown. It was a good spot. And that arena downtown was great. You put seven, 8,000 in that building, and the fans were right on top of you. And, and so it was an engaging environment for playing. And, and, and we, we started drawing, you know, six, seven, 8,000 on a regular basis. I mean, if you look at the pictures... Uh, when we won, I mean, it was sold out the last 
in in the playoffs. It was crazy. And, and they they had wrestling down there, and they had the Rockets down there, and they had you know. So it was a it was a fun building to play in. It wasn't fancy, <laughs> but it, but it was a it was a good hockey building. Well, here is a Houston Arrows puck that was from a game. I do not remember if I was at this game or my dad brought it back or something like that, but there you go. That That's a Arrows game puck from back in that era. Right. right. And I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, the Arrows practice facility was the old Sharpstown ice rink. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It was. Just finding ice at the then was a bit of a challenge. Over the years, we had one out, I think, sort of out on Highway 10. Um, there, there was a place out there uh, near the shopping uh, area, and then Sugarland later on, and you know. So there, there been there was some nice. We, we even Galleria when they put the ice in there, we'd go over there every once in a while to, to do some showcase and marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, I bring up the Sharpstown rink because that's where I learned how to skate myself. I grew up just a few minutes away from the Sharpstown rink. So it was a, it was a fun recreational place. You know, I mean, just to go out and skate for fun. I mean, we we would do that sometimes, just go out there and skate just just recreationally. So that was good. Now, Gordy once said the Arrows would have been in the top six to eight teams in the NHL at that time. How good was the hockey in the WHA and the Arrows? I'd say the team we had in Houston – uh, when you take a look at look, look Ruskowski was captain of three NHL teams. <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty good leader. Teddy Taylor, Murray Hall, all those guys played in the NHL. You know, look look at the Astros now. You got to have the right chemistry, to the right mix of players, the right temperament, the right ability to lean on somebody or somebody to show up when you need it. You know, and uh, and that's what. That's what Deneen knew how to do. Now, you guys, at one point, did you play against Bobby Hull in the playoffs? Yeah, we did the first year, I think, and they beat us. Uh, and I think we did one other season. Can you excuse me just for a minute? I'll be right back. Okay. I'm going I'm to bring something. This is the uh, little cup every player gets, the Avco. It was neat. My my dad, because my dad, my brother had two the two Stanley Cups, and I had the, had the two Avcos. So <laughs> my dad got one of each. <laughs> so back in Toronto, he had the NCAA trophy, a, a Stanley Cup, and an Avco trophy. And so that was pretty good for the for the mantle. Yeah, really unbelievable. Uh, some just just an amazing story the arrows were and just to kind of put a wrapper on what happened for no for those who know the story they were desperately trying to get into the nhl in the 70s and the late 70s and tell me if i'm getting the story wrong here jack but i understand the nhl decided they only wanted to take four of the wha teams they took in all three canadian teams so it came down to the Hartford Whalers or the Arrows, the Whalers were going to win out. So the Arrows owner uh, at that time, it was Kenneth Schnitzer tries to buy the Cleveland Barons so he could move them to Houston because the Barons, it looked like 
were up for sale, but the NHL didn't like that idea. So the Barons ended up merging with the Minnesota North Stars and the arrows were left on the, on the outside looking in. Is that right? Not quite. Okay. Um, in 1978, Kenneth, and I, and I was the vice president of the club by this time. I, I was uh, assistant general manager helping, but I was also doing the management side of things. And Kenneth said to me, if you can raise 5,000 season tickets, I think I can make a deal with Jack Vickers in Denver to move the Denver NHL franchise here. He said to us, he had that understanding. That was 1978. So that wasn't, the, the, the WHA ran through 1979, the following year. Yeah. So in 78, we were taking the position that we were going to move an NHL franchise here. I did a sales campaign. We did marketing and sales, and we sold 5,000 season tickets. We had it done. Uh, Harrison Vickers, who was the president, and myself were on a long call, a long-distance call that evening before a potential press conference to announce we were bringing the Colorado team here. And uh, we were talking, saying we were going to leave the WHA and and bring an NHL team here. And we were hanging up and somebody said, hold on. They thought we'd gone. And I stayed on the line and they said, they think they got a deal with Vickers. Vickers is not going to do the deal. So we tracked Kenneth down in the middle of the night. He got a hold of Vickers and Vickers said, yeah, I changed my mind. So we had to back out of the press conference that we were going to announce we're bringing a team here. And then that's what closed the, the arrows arrows down. We already made the decision to leave the league. We already thought we were going to get in the NHL. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and Kenneth wasn't going to go back on his thoughts. That is the team. This is the irony of the whole thing. That's a team that John McMullen got to move to New Jersey. The team that was coming here is a team that went to New Jersey. So McMullen got the Devils, <laughs> is the Colorado team that we were going to get here in Houston. Ironically, later on, after we started Home Sports Entertainment, after I started Home Sports Entertainment, McMullen became <laughs> my owner <laughs> for the for the regional sports channel. That was it, it's it's a it's a crazy world, <laughs> this world of sports. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, McMullen left sort of a sour taste in my mouth and many because I was a little kid as a just loved Nolan Ryan, a huge Nolan Ryan fan. Of course, yeah, he, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. he wouldn't bring Nolan back, and that kind of made him enemy number one in Houston when that was going on. But uh, the Arrows, they were the only WHA team who won a title but wasn't absorbed by the NHL. But you we were, but we were, we were out of the league by then. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 you we were, were out of the league, but yeah. but of the of the. WHA teams no, that won right. a title. Yeah. They were the yeah. only ones that the NHL didn't uh, pick up. That's good. Yeah, that's a good point. And the, the other thing was that our players, <laughs> more 
a good body of our players went to Winnipeg and they won the, the final. Uh, they were it was it was Arrow players that helped make the Winnipeg Jets the winning final year champion of the WHA. A whole body of them, Lukowicz and, and Preston and Ruskowski, they all went to Winnipeg and, and, and won another. So those guys, some of them have, uh, you know, a couple, a couple, a, 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 an AFCO cup here and an AFCO cup in Winnipeg. Some of the guys that were here um, last weekend. Yeah, just an amazing, amazing legacy for the Arrows. And I guess I want you to kind of conclude it all by just telling people, like, why this team was so special. I mean, what makes it so special to you and what made it so special to be there at that time? Houston is a hockey town for me. I mean, uh, you know, and, and remember, as we talked earlier, think about it. I've lived... Everywhere. Let me tell you, Seattle's a hockey town. I knew that when I was playing in the Western Hockey League. Now, Deneen knew how to put, he, he did all the way through his career. He knew how to put the right combination of players and build a team with character and, 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 uh, and chemistry. He, he knew that. He knew how to put that mix together. Even when the Howes left, we were still competitive. The team was still competitive. We still end up in first place. You know, I mean, it, it, it just, we were in first place pretty much every year we were here. It just, he, he knew how to build. If he would, if he lost somebody, player went somewhere else, he could find, he'd, he'd look, he, he had, he had people inside hockey that knew, okay, I'm looking for this kind of player and he would find them. And that would fit in. That player would be goalie. You know, would it be a defenseman? Would it be a, a offensive guy that's going to score goals like uh, Lacroix? Or you know, it, it didn't matter. He knew how to find and put the right combination of players together. But at the root of it, to me, this city still, in in my mind, of cities I played in and lived in and 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 everything else is. Look, I played in Dallas with the Blackhawks, you know, so I know Dallas. I know that market. I played in St. Louis. Houston's a better hockey town than than those towns. It, it is. It is. I don't know why. It's just. I'm, I'm just saying. That's my judgment. I think this is a great hockey town. If we ever get an NHL franchise, I'll, uh, I'm telling you, it'll it'll. It'll sell out. It'll it'll be very very successful. I mean, sure there are challenges. You know, in today's market, you have to have a building. Franchises almost have to have a building, or or ownership has to own all the teams or something. You know, there's got to be something there. But uh, I think if we ever get a hockey team, an NHL team back here in Houston, you'll see sellouts and and lots of enthusiasm and it'll be very very successful well it's an incredible story i feel like if this happened in new york or boston or some city that was on the radar of the national people that the houston Arrows would be one of those 30 for 30s and they would be doing documentaries about it 
because this is an incredible story. And it really captured the city at a time when the Rockets were just moving here. They weren't playing all of their games in Houston. They played some of their games in San Antonio back then. People were just, you know, getting used to NBA basketball. The Oilers were awful at that time. This was pre-Lovey Blues several years before that would happen. So, you know, I just feel like it's it's an incredible story that I wish more people knew about. And I, I just really want to thank you for bringing this story to us. Well, and and, and I think uh, the Arrows, not just uh, our team, the WHA team, which was magical and, and special in its own way, but the teams in the 90s, you know, the American Hockey, the International Hockey League Championship that was won by a hockey team here. There's um, four major championships that, that hockey's that hockey has brought to this city. So hopefully we'll, we just need a Stanley cup. That's all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That'd be, <laughs> it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah. Well, thanks so and, much for doing this. Uh, well, and thank, you, and thank you. Thank you for um, giving us a spotlight and, uh, and being able to brag a little bit about, uh, about the success of hockey. You're listening to Houston sports talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.